Welcome to the In a Word podcast. I'm JC Verdicchio, and ordinarily I would tell you that In a Word is a newsletter that cultivates thoughtfulness one word at a time, and that this is its companion podcast. That is all still true, but this isn't an ordinary episode of the In a Word podcast. This isn't the audio version of a themed issue. This is just me reaching out in the midst of an unprecedented time. I tend to process things through writing and words, and um, I'm grateful I've had a little bit of time and space to do that over the last few days. So I'm just here to offer what I've been thinking and writing and, of course, a benediction, and I'm here to connect. And we can do that through the power of technology. We have so many ways to connect, and so... This is just me reaching out through my microphone to your earbuds to connect. So I'm going to share something I wrote that went out in the email today called The Heroic Homebodies. In the relentless bookworm days of my youth, I was attracted to stories of heroism. Even the fantastical and deeply weird tales of Roald Dahl, a real-world monster, it should be noted, had elements of bravery and selflessness. I still get goosebumps thinking about Mara Wilson standing up to Mrs. Trumbull. I admired martyrs and misfits who suffered for the right thing and whose names were thus remembered in history or in fiction. As a budding Enneagram One, I saw everything in stark black and white. Surely the right thing looks obvious and the courage to do it follows naturally from a reserve of moral fortitude. I thought. For those of us who can, the right thing in the COVID-19 outbreak won't look like a harrowing adventure in the pulp of a hollowed-out peach, unless you take some acid during your days at home, maybe. I mean, I don't really know how acid works, but for most of us, it will mean staying home. We don't often equate Netflix and chill with heroism, but in this case, it will save lives. The opportunity for us, the majority, is not to have our individual names elevated, but to bind ourselves to one another in ways we've never done before. To be one of many who makes the small, unremarkable choice to stop going to restaurants and playgrounds. At least, as I write this, it is still a choice. It may quickly become a mandate. Staying home is incredibly costly for some and impossible for others. Even for those of us who will not bear financial loss, it's still a loss. Missing our routines, our friends, and our happy hours doesn't make us weak. Working from home and having children with you 24-7 is hard, possibly maddening. As always, the logic that states other people have it so much harder than I do, so I should just buck up, isn't helpful. Turning our attention to help people struggling than we are is productive. Denying our own disappointments, losses, and pain is not. Contrary to my childhood beliefs, optional martyrdom 
breeds bitterness, not nobility. My childhood fantasies of heroism depended on the myth of set-apartness. The dream, to stand for applause, to gather glory to myself, to be lifted on the shoulders of the crowd, depends on distinction. I'd internalized exceptionalism, that I could be exceptional, an exception. This line of thinking downplays the value of being one of the group with an important but unelevated role. It creates a generation whose deepest desire is to be famous. For what? Anything. And now, when lives depend on our ability to see ourselves as a collective organism, it breeds a belief amongst some that they are the exceptions. They won't get sick. They won't spread it. They will keep going to bars and brunch. To illustrate this in the most crass terms possible, I just saw a TikTok video. I mean, do we call them videos? I guess. Well, I just saw a TikTok video on Twitter of a young person doing the, quote, coronavirus challenge, licking an airplane toilet seat. Our individualistic worldviews run deep, especially when the demand is not only to acknowledge a stranger's humanity, but to sacrifice for it. We can speak in platitudes about how we're all connected, but we who are insulated by insurance and ideologies and social safety nets don't feel it in our bones. No one is insulated from illness, though. Even the young who think they are invincible love someone vulnerable. There are many biblical texts that puzzle me, and Paul's writing about the one body is one of them. I first encountered his extended metaphor about how if one part of the body hurts, it affects the whole body, as a young, earnest believer and thought, no, it doesn't. I read that the eye can't say to the hand, I have no need of you, and I thought, but we do say that all the time. I understood the metaphor and wanted it to be true, but I remained somewhat unaffected by another's pain. I saw how we favored certain people, certain skill sets, and dismissed others. To sacrifice for the good of a stranger is somewhat of a foreign concept for Americans, but it shouldn't be for Christians. The gospel makes this appeal to us in the name of love. Now it is being made in the name of fear, but the opportunity to enliven our love is not lost. I imagine the opportunities for sacrificial love will only increase in the coming weeks. Blessed are the hand washers, fundraisers, teachers, grocery store clerks, nurses, food banks, and scientists. No magical peaches or discovered superpowers are going to save us. If we need each other felt like a platitude before, now it has become a plea. On the practical side, today I'm looking over our budget to see how much money we could afford to give people and organizations in our community who need it, starting with our local food bank. Erin Moon has also created a spreadsheet for people who have needs to be matched with people who can give. So there's a link for that in the email that I sent. Um, check that out if you're in a position to give or to receive. 
In my house, we are taking breaks from the news with the new season of Better Call Saul and Schitt's Creek. Um, also, I'm planning some at-home date nights with the book I mentioned in last week's issue. So, you know, if we're going to be in each other's faces all the time, might as well use the time well. And I just started the audiobook, Saints for All Occasions. If you have things that you're reading or watching that you want to recommend, I would love to know. As always, you can reply to the email in your inbox or find me on Instagram. Uh, I'm at JC Verdicchio there. Also, my voice sounds weird. This is like the two weeks of the year that I get bad allergies, <laughs> which has been very disconcerting because I'm confident it's allergies. I've had no fever. I've had no cough. I've had no sore throat. But yet just the fact of like phlegm is making me feel all wigged out and I'm having very weird dreams about it. So uh, let's close with a benediction. May we love with physical distance, but emotional depth. May we give all we can and ask for what we need. May we hold expectations loosely and feel how securely we are held by God. Thanks for listening and please take care.